You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 128. This deal that we're going to break down today step by step is it really forced you to get uncomfortable. It forced you to take action that you had never taken before. And so I really love this because that's what everyone needs to understand. It's okay. You're going to be doing things you don't even know what you're doing yet. That is okay. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail your way forward. You're going to sound like you're crazy. It is okay. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim and I'm super excited to be with you guys today. We love our Rhino Nation, all of our listeners. So to each of you out there, we're excited to be with you today. We're excited for you to listen to today's episode because there's going to be some gold nuggets dropped today that you can implement. For those of you that are new to our podcast, that are new listeners, We welcome you, first and foremost. And secondly, what we're going to be talking about is wholesaling. Wholesaling is simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties that you can then turn for huge profits. And you can do that through either assignment or through some people will keep them for themselves for a rental. But we're going to truly just narrow down how to find these deeply discounted off-market properties. I'm talking about properties 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar. And that's what we are dedicated to on this podcast. So Each of you grab a pen and a piece of paper and get ready to jot down some notes. We really want you to take action. That's what this is all about. This podcast will do nothing for you if you don't actually take action and implement the things that you are listening to. So today we have a special guest, a guy that's right here, rock solid in the tribe. His name is Walter Roby, and he lives in Los Angeles, and specifically San Fernando Valley in California. He has his fiance, and they're getting married here in the near future. And what's really unique about Walter is he's only been doing this for just like three months, really, really quick. And he's already done two wholesale deals that has made him combined about $8,000. But we're going to break it down step-by-step one of those deals so that you guys can really hear the meat and potatoes, how you can do your first wholesale deal super, super quick. So without more, let's bring on Mr. Walter Roby. Walter, my man, how are you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Really, really, really good. I've been super excited just thinking about as I looked at my calendar today and I'm like, oh man, I'm already talking to Walter. It seems like just yesterday, this guy was just barely getting into wholesaling and here you are in beast mode, already have done two deals and I'm sure there's still things in the pipeline ready to close in the future too. Of course. So tell our listeners a little bit about you. Tell us about what it is you do daily And this will kind of help kick off the podcast to help people understand, because I think there's so many people that are listening right now that this is going to resonate with. They have full-time jobs like you. They are working that nine to five, but kind of tell them a little bit about that, because you sit a long time in traffic in LA that really, as I listen to your story, if you can do this, I'm telling you guys, everyone can do it. So this story is going to be super motivational. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I work in about 
20 minutes away if you were to drive without traffic. It's about two hours with traffic. And I wake up at five in the morning and I get to work at about 7.30. I get off at uh, 4.30. I get home at six. And then, uh, you know, from six to eight is when I do my wholesaling. And then uh, I got a VA that works for me in the daytime. And really, I just had to make it happen with those hours in between. And on the one hand, it sucks sitting in traffic. But on the other hand, you know, that's how I built my education. I first came across bigger pockets and then I found myself, I got to the office one day and I remember, man, who is this guy that just filled me <laughs> up with energy? And it was Tom Kroll. <laughs> oh, Tom Kroll. if I had a dollar for every time someone said, I listened to bigger pockets where Tom Kroll's on there, I would be a millionaire. That podcast right? episode was so huge, but I'm telling you, it's because the true Tom Kroll, like who this guy is, was revealed to everyone. And I love Tom, his passion in wholesaling, and I love his energy. It's like a big old bottled up can of caffeine that's ready to explode any minute. Right. And that's the same thing with you and Brent and Tom. It's like, I have the same energy. <laughs> like, and if my fiance, she works three jobs, right? She's uh-huh. overpaying the bills and she works in the psych ward at one of them. Well, I forced her to quit because she would tell me stories of her coworkers who would come home with black eyes. And I said, you know what? If I can't bring a deal home and my fiance comes home with a black eye, you know, I'm really going to shoot myself in the foot. And I, you know, that's why I reached out to you guys and say, hey, let's get it done. What a huge why, Walter. I love this. And I think what's going to be so great about this story that you're going to help everyone understand and this deal that we're going to break down today step by step is it really forced you to get uncomfortable. It forced you to take action that you had never taken before. And so I really love this because that's what everyone needs to understand. It's okay. You're going to be doing things you don't even know what you're doing yet. That is okay. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail your way forward. You're going to sound like you're crazy. It is okay. That's all part of it. And so your story, man, I love this because Right when we got on the phone, you're telling me before we started this podcast, like I had to get uncomfortable and your why is so clear. You don't want your fiance working in these jobs that are not safe atmosphere. And ultimately, this is going to do it for you, my man. You're going to do great. You've already done two deals. So let's go into this. Let's deep dive your first deal and let's help our listeners understand how they too can do this, even working full time, nine to five and maybe stuck in traffic three hours a day. Right. So this deal, actually, I had tried wholesaling on my own for about a few months before sending out 100 or 200 mailers, postcards and yellow letters a week and got no success. And then I heard a advice from you on one of the other podcasts I was like, no, take that whole thing, take massive action and send out a massive list. And I did that. And next thing I know, I got a guy. First off, this was the high equity absentee owner out of state. Such a good list. So everyone take note. If you want a list to mail to, he just said one. High equity absentee owner. So that is a great list to be mailing to. So, and this was a mailer, I should say, right? Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Okay. Yeah. So he called me and I was actually at work and I couldn't pick up, but you know, I call back when I can. So on my voicemail, I have it go straight to CallRail is my marketing number. Uh And on my voicemail, I said, hey, I'm sorry, I can't reach the phone right now. But if you leave your name, number, and address of the property you'd like to sell, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Next thing I know, I have a voicemail with a name, number, and an address of the property. Oh, man. So let's even recap what you just said. So listeners, 
Jot this down. I'm telling you, this is one. Actually, there's already two or three already, but of many that are going to be coming on this podcast. So his voicemail, he said it step by step. Hey, this is Walter. Sorry, I couldn't answer the phone. Please leave your name, number, and the property address that you're calling about, and I'll get back to you as soon as you can. So you have all your phone calls go to a voicemail, and which would make sense as well because you're a busy guy. You are working a full-time job, so you're sending them to voicemail, and then from there, is that what you're doing from 6 to 8 when you said you get home and you've got those couple hours? Is that what you're doing? You're getting back to these voicemails? Well, no, I actually get back to the voicemails on my lunch break and the other breaks that oh, I get from work. Oh, you stud. Doing so cold you're cooling burning the eight. candles at all ends of the stick. I love this. You have to. I love this. So you're during your lunch break, your paid breaks that you get during the day, as well as you come home and you pound the phones when you get home. Right. I love it. So what did this voicemail sound like? Was it just like a pretty plain Jane, like, hey, my name is so-and-so and here's my number and here's my address. Like, did it sound any more motivating than that? Or what did it sound like? You know, it really didn't sound motivating. It was kind of really cutthroat. It was like, hey, Walter Phillip, 9-1, you know, he said the address and it sounded like he was in the military actually. So, you know, I called him back on my lunch break and he said, I got this property out in Canoga. Uh, I'm from Nevada. I've been doing real estate for 25 years, but I'm looking to liquidate. This property has a tenant in it and I want to sell it sight unseen. And yeah, tell me what you think and give me your offer. And he wouldn't give me his number after we I took a look at the property on Zillow. I Google Street Viewed. I drove by and it needed a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I kept trying to fish out that number like you guys suggest and he wouldn't give it to me. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to swallow my tongue, bite my teeth. I'll give you about 350000 bucks for it. And after repaired value is going for like 600 in that area. And okay. fixer uppers are going for probably about 430 So tell me this, as you're talking to him, there's real no numbers there, but was there any real motivation other than, hey, I want to liquidate? I mean, was there anything like, hey, uh, my tenants trashed it or, hey, I'm falling behind on my mortgage? I mean, was there really any other motivation besides this or more of just he was a tired investor that no longer wanted it? To be honest, I couldn't tell of any motivation. I thought I think he was just a tired investor. And that uh-huh. was also the same week when I signed up for the tribe. So I didn't know how to gauge that motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just winging it. And then I didn't know what to do next. And then that's when I asked you guys for help. I love this. But you took action. Walter, my man, I really want you to pat yourself on the back. This is incredible because there's not many people that dare to take this imperfect action. And you know us better than just like anyone else in the tribe. Some of our favorite quotes are progress, not perfection, and take massive, imperfect action. And here you are doing exactly that. So keep going. So on the phone call, is this guy in Nevada? So he's out of state as you're talking to him. Yes. So he's in Nevada. His son Uh lives close by. His son actually has his realtor license. And one thing I did notice is that he didn't want to sell the property with a realtor, even though he was his son. And I was curious as to why. And he had tenants that had been in there for... I think it was like he didn't want them to catch wind that he's trying to sell the property and leave because the property was in a condition where he can't rent it out. So if they leave, he's going to have a vacant property that's not earning him any income. So lo and behold, when I gave him, you know, he wouldn't give me his number. So I finally just bit my teeth and offered 350000 And then he's like, you know what? No, we don't have a deal. And then I, you know, You're the like, whole oh, world no, came- did I just ruin this? Dang it. <laughs> 
exactly. I was about to tuck my tail between my legs and go cry. And then, you know, I rolled up my sleeves like, well, wait a minute. Why is that? Well, let's work out a deal. Let's figure out where do you need to be? He's like, well, I have a number in my head and you're not at that number. Well, tell me where that number is because maybe I can come close and, you know, we can work. I want to help you out because I know you don't want to sell with a realtor. I want to make this as easy as possible. So then he said uh, he needs to be at 390 and going back and forth. He wasn't budging at all. But so we ended up getting under contract for 385. Uh-huh. Um, so I send him a, a contract. Yeah. What does that look like? Because this makes it a little bit unique, right? A lot of people would think, oh, and. At any point, did you actually drive to the house and go look at it? Or is this just all done by like just Google or Zillow? Well, no, I drove by because it was only a few blocks away. Uh-huh. But really, I could have driven by, which is what I probably should have done just to see where we're at from a motivation aspect. But I but, love um, this because he's I, out of state, though. I mean, this is not a typical deal. I mean, you'll mail to non-owner occupied all the time, but... That right. doesn't necessarily mean they're out of state. It just means they don't live in the home, but they could live there in the city somewhere, but they just own another rental. But this is specifically a guy also living out of state. Was the process hard? I mean, did it make it hard that way? Or was it just like a DocuSign or did you mail it? What did that look like? No, I kept – see, here's the thing. I kept sending him the contracts, kept sending him a DocuSign, and uh-huh. he wasn't signing anything. He would just completely dismiss everything I send. I'm like, come on, just sign it, just sign it, just sign it. Because I was so <laughs> eager, so hungry to get a deal. But, sure. you know, he was taking his time and, you know, as part of my learning process. Like, What was um, his hesitation? Well, his hesitation, since he, quote unquote, has been doing real estate for 25 years, come to find out he didn't like the contract. And so when we finally agreed on price, one of his terms is that he wanted a $25,000 non-refundable deposit. That was actually my idea, but not 25, but it was 12 because at first he didn't want to sell the deal because he was afraid if I don't move forward, then his tenants know that he's trying to sell the property. They're going to skip town. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What if I give you a non-refundable deposit? Like, What do you mean? So how much are they paying in rent? $2,000. What if I paid you six months worth of rent as the deposit non-refundable? Will that work for you? Because that will mitigate your risk of them skipping town. You'll at least have rent paid for six months. Or you can use that for repairs, whatever the case may be. So he's like, all right, well, let me think about that. So the next day he comes back. I need $25,000 non-refundable cash deposited on Monday to open up escrow. And then that, you know, it was another gut check moment. I was like, who's going to spend $25,000 non-refundable? And he wanted a 60-day escrow. Because he wanted to give his tenants a long time to find a new place because he likes them. I was like, that's fine. But having uh-huh. $25 tied up doesn't really fly with my buyers. And this is all, you know, it's not all coming out of my mouth. It's also, you know, I'm getting backlash from my buyer who was interested in this one at the time. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it was really difficult. So then we finally agreed on price. I sent him the contract with those terms. And he pretty much tore every single paragraph up to shreds that I just picked up from the attorney. Yeah. You know, I got it a week before. From the attorney, she's like, hey, I use this with all the wholesalers and it's very good for assignments. And he pretty much tore it up. His own clauses in there that really left me in the dirt. And the one I remember in particular was if the tenant damages the property, the buyer can cancel the contract less their non-refundable earnest money deposit. And then I knew it wouldn't fly with anyone. So in the midst of going through the training with you guys. And also at the time I was reading, I think it was Trump style negotiations. They said, you know, let him have a couple small wins and hide the big win for you. 
So, you know, I gave him like nine out of 10 corrections that he wanted. But the one that I couldn't move forward with was if the tenant damages the property, then that's, you know, on my end, that's not cool. So then he finally agreed. And then, uh, you know, we signed, I think it was like three weeks after that was when we actually closed because the tenants moved out early. But even then, it's still that was only in the middle of the stretch because the escrow company that I used, you know, I thought I'd be doing my buyers a service and using their escrow company, but they didn't even know what assignment was or, you know, what my role <laughs> was. And I had to chase them down to go get my escrow. Fee. The first deal proves to be the hardest deal you'll ever it be, my friend. Ridiculous. <laughs> escrow closing date, I think it was like on a Wednesday. So I, you know, I emailed them on Tuesday because I have never closed on a property other than a primary residence. Sure. I don't know how this works. Sure. I don't know if I'm supposed to walk in and go into the closing table and fill out papers or what I'm supposed to do. So we're closing on Wednesday. So on Tuesday, I shoot them an email. Hey, let me know if there's anything you need for me to assist you using on Wednesday. Like, oh, all right, cool. And then Wednesday comes and I don't get an email. I don't get a call. I'm like, huh, well, maybe they're doing paperwork. So on Thursday, I still don't get a call. I'm like, hey, did this property close? And then she's like, yeah, we closed yesterday. Everyone got their checks. The seller got his money and the buyer got in the property. I'm like, what about the assignment fee? And she's like, what assignment fee? So then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh -oh. there's, um, yeah I was like, uh, there's an assignment fee. And then she didn't know what that was. And so I said, you know, there's another contract that was attached with the uh, purchase agreement that has a $5,000 assignment fee in my name. She's uh -huh. like, oh, that's what it was. And then she were, still wasn't budging on it. She was under an impression that all her work was done. So I was like, excuse me, miss, can you go get the original purchase agreement? Okay, who's the seller on that? And it had the seller's name. Who's the buyer? It had my name. All right, and you sold it to a party that wasn't me, that wasn't allowed to buy it. There's another contract on the back end that says, I, Walter Roby, assign my rights to my buyer for a fee of $5,000. Yeah. And then she's like, let me call you back. <laughs> and then she had my check. Oh, man. So here we are. I want all of our listeners, you can hear the smile and maybe a little bit of laughter in my voice as I say, the first deal can always be one of your toughest deals because there's so much new stuff, so many moving parts at the beginning. But Walter, my man, just continued to push through all this stuff, even though it hit him time and time again, he continued to just push through this. And I love that you just had this grit to just keep pushing forward, knowing that this is not going to stop me. I am going to do this. I'm making sure that I do this. And it's not giving up. It's just going in there and knowing that there's going to be some difficult things. But I will also tell you, as hard or as challenging as some of these things were on this first deal, you will always remember your first deal. It will be your sweetest deal because it was when your eyes were now open to this completely different ball game that you get to be a part of. Right, definitely. So what did you end up making? You said $5,000 on your first assignment within, what month did you do this in? I actually, I think that was month two. Month two. You hold on one sec. Hold on. Walter, you know what's coming, my man. Get ready. We've got our <laughs> Thank you, thank you. For Mr. Walter, that two months in, Brother, that is such good speed. Two months in to just barely learn how to do this. Two months in, you're already closing on your first deal. 
making $5,000. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how Walter's already closed on two deals for a total of eight. So he has also done a second deal that paid him $3,000. So Walter, my man, I'm telling you, you are doing great things. And 2018 is looking pretty bright. Can you see like this new 2018 that's a lot different than 2017? Most definitely. I 2018, I, there's not enough time in it. I'm so excited for what's to come. I took that whole $5,000 and instead of putting it back into my marketing, I booked a trip to Orlando. I got a hotel and I reserved, paid for everything up front. Oh my I goodness. Think- You're ready for the live event where all the good stuff happens. We are so excited for that event. So that is exciting news that you're actually going to be there at the live event in uh, January. And this episode should be out before the actual live event goes on. So, but yeah, I'm excited for the Orlando event. This is going to be where we meet up all of us rhinos all in one room. And I'm telling you, my man, what a wise, wise investment because your mind is going to grow. It's like Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. You will have some thoughts in there that are expanding to nothing but money for 2018. Right. Well, I'm awesome excited. stuff. That's good news. That's I, I mean, I think I already knew you were coming to Orlando, but that's good news. Well, Walter, tell me this. We always like to do this at the ends of our podcast to make sure that our listeners get some value. For those that are maybe just new getting into wholesaling or maybe they're at a struggling point in their wholesaling career, what is it that you would tell them? If you were to start over right from the beginning, what would you do differently or what would you make sure you did the same? For anyone that is just that's getting started, you know, struggling, ask yourself this. Are you really giving it your 110%? Are you really blocking out all the other distractions and going all in? What I did for myself is I went on my Instagram, went on social media, and I stopped following all the shopping and all the clutter. I t- canceled my TV, and I was laser focused. Oh. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd do the same, and I'd ask the next person, you know, are you doing the same? Are you that committed to succeed? Wow. I love that. Not many people are willing to do that, Walter. That's like jaw dropping. That is awesome stuff that you're willing to say, hey, because it's the norm. If you always do what everyone else does, you always have what they have, right? And if the majority have cable and if the majority are on Facebook and the majority on Twitter and the majority are on Instagram, wow, what a good call out to make sure everyone understands, hey, these are time killers. These are shiny object syndromes stopping you. These are things that are in your way from actually hitting your goals. And I couldn't agree more with you, man. Right, Cody, I have something written down here. I'm on only on page 20 of Thou Shall Prosper, uh-huh. and it's already a game changer. Old you plus new money equals new you. If you flip it around, it says new money equals new you minus the old you. Wow, good stuff, man. That book's a quality book. I'm not even all the way through it. It's a big, thick one. So I'm assuming that would probably be, for my next question, what we always like to tell our listeners, what would be a good book that you would recommend that they start reading to help them with their mindset maybe? What is a good book that you have liked that has changed your life? You know, I've read a bunch of business books. I've been reading the Kiyosaki and the Flip books and Gary Keller books for the last like four years. Uh-huh. But the one that really just set off was, you know, everyone already says it, but the four spiritual laws. As soon as that, I started tithing. And as soon as I started applying what she says in there, it started happening. You know, I got this deal. I got it raises at work. Other things just came in my life that like it never would have happened before. And I'm not very a religious person, you know, so I just tested it out, tried it out and applied what she said. Everything else is behind me now. So impressive. Walter, spiritual or not, the fact of the matter is this. That's the first action item, I should say, when uh, joining the tribe. That's the first action item we tell each and every one of our students is 
get the four spiritual laws of prosperity. And so the fact that you are humble enough to be teachable, to learn something new, and whether spiritual or not, but then also like try it. And if it works, you'll know instantly if it works for you or if it doesn't work for you. And I'd love to hear that even when you say, and I'm not even that spiritual, but you tried it. You took the action. You took on the invitation from me and Tom and then magically look at the things that started to fall into place. And I'll tell you, keep up on that. That is such a sound principle. In fact, some of the richest people I know are the people that always remember to cut that 10% back to God through that tithing. So that's an awesome, awesome book and such an awesome book to share with everyone. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Well, Walter, my man, what is up for 2018? What are your goals to end this podcast? What is it that you are looking to accomplish? Have you uh, really sat down and started thinking about what that looks like? Maybe it's quitting the full-time job in the near future. Maybe it's X amount of wholesale deals a month. What does that look like? I'm looking to scale up and build a team. Uh, I currently have a couple of VAs, but if I can bring in at least four to five deals a month, you know that'd be killer toward yeah. the end of 2018. There you go, my man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know there's so many people out there that are probably listening to this podcast right now, and they're thinking, that is my story. I sit in traffic an hour a day, three hours a day, whatever it may be, but I work that corporate America job nine to five. And yes, you know what? I can do this. I can take that 15 minute break or that lunch break and do this in between. And when I get home, I cannot go to my couch and listen to the news or whatever and just pound the phones for two hours. This is what's led to your success. And so listeners, I'm telling you, there's so many gold nuggets from this episode because we will always break it down step by step in a granular approach so that you too can implement these things. They work. I'm telling you, they work. There's so many things that are in common as you listen to each and every one of our episodes. And Walter has really taken time to really capitalize those same exact principles. Implement them, try them out, see how they work for you. And I'm telling you, They will only work if you will get off now the podcast and go take massive imperfect action. You're going to make mistakes. It is okay, but that's what it's for. And you'll get one step closer to your next wholesale deal. So for each of you out there listening, if you want to make 2018 your best year ever, and if you want wholesaling to be a part of that, and you just don't know exactly where to start, go over to wholesalinginc.com. That's wholesalinginc.com, where you can book a strategy call. It's free. Reach out to us. Talk to us. Strategize with us. Let us know what it is you are looking to do, what it is you want to do, and let's see if we're a good fit. And if we like what you have to say, we just might invite you, just like Walter, to be a member of the tribe so that you can move forward and crush your goals for 2018. Take care, Rhino Nation, and we'll see you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.